Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are out at the Spectrum Center for the Charlotte Hornets 13th annual cornucopia event helping feeding families in need in the charlotte community we appreciate you sharing your time with us this midday as always we are broadcasting from 12 to 3 p.m we got a lot to get to over the weekend but once more i did want to give a big old shout out to the charlotte hornets we were we were out here last year and we're out here every year for cornucopia event a part of wfnz the hornets food lion they they uh, announced just a couple of days ago the two organizations would once again provide thanksgiving meals to a thousand families in need during this 13th annual cornucopia event it's taking place from at 1:30 later on today going to be happening for about an hour 1:30 to 2:30 that you can roll in the lobby of the normal entrance same as always and each meal contains enough food to feed a family of 4 resulting in approximately 4,000 people being served this annual collaboration, a united effort to address the needs of local families facing hunger. So the Charlotte Hornets providing for the community once more like they've done really, especially in the last, what, decade or so. Michael Jordan really had that a part of the forefront of what he wanted to be known for in his ownership, and the Hornets continuing to carry that out despite majority ownership changing hands. And Wes, as you made the astute point a little bit earlier, we're close to the action. Like, when Steve yeah. Clifford is handing out the meals and Mark Williams and the guys that look a little bit taller than on TV, even when they're <laughs> 7-1, they're going to be right in our face handing out meals today. They will be, man. And it's it's really cool that they do that. And, and uh, you know, the sobering part is, you know, even if you, when you feed 4,000 families, there's so many more out there in need. But uh, this is a great event to be able to make sure people do get Thanksgiving meals, man. I mean, times are hard out there. Inflation is a real thing. I mean, uh, a Thanksgiving meal is going to cost you even more year by year so kudos to the hornets for looking out for those in need lots of food i just put out that photo on my twitter handle at walker mail you can see west trapped in the team store at west bryant <laughs> underscore 72 that's a real thing he texted me about 30 minutes ago saying hey I got trapped. I can't get back into the entrance. Can you let me in? Three crying face emojis. <laughs> and then he said, never mind. So you found your way out. I did. I, I'm not sure you wanted to come out of the team. I did it. My homegirl that used to look out for me when I was here doing the games for Valley Sports came and let me in. And even though it wasn't closed, it felt good to feel a little bit, I guess, like the A-listers feel sometime. I said, uh, you guys are closed. And she was like, yeah. I said, but you're going to let your boy in? She's like, yeah, come on in. So I got to be in the store. So I'm going to embellish and say that they shut down the store and let me come in there that's you know? okay you can embellish so you're saying for the second time now the theme of west bryant has been closed mouths don't get fed that's right baby After asking rod the bod to go sound the siren yes for the next carolina hurricanes game we're just one game this season and now you're getting a shut down team store for you to be able to shop. that's right man you know what i'm right. saying so it, it, it's a great thing and like i said when we're up there sounding the siren just thank me <laughs> so, i'm gonna thank you i will thank you all right that's the voice of the what it 
only Wes Bryant. <laughs> and uh, I'm Walker Mayo. Thanks again to Fitty back at the Planet Studio. That's why I have Thank you. Oh, well, it's today. My birthday's today. Oh, actually. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had I it actually marked at my phone as well, man. So, no, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I, even though, look, what's funny is we were talking about it. We'll, we'll hop into some of the things that happened over the weekend. But your first question to me was when are you going to get your new Jordans? Because yeah. Olivia texted you. My girlfriend texted you, or I think she hit you up on social media. She trying did. to be real sneaky. Yes. Saying, hey, what Jordans would Walker most like? And you told her exactly. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah. And then the problem with Olivia sometimes yeah. is that she's going to give me a few too many hints uh-huh. about what she's going to get me. Yeah. And then I didn't back down, and I take responsibility for not backing down, saying, I know what you're going to get me. It's going to be these this pair of shoes. Uh-huh. It's going to be way too much. Spend your money on something else. Please don't do that for me. And I ruined <laughs> it. I completely ruined it. But because of your help and my girlfriend's help, um, you were able to pick the shoes, and yet I, I yeah, said man. no, thank you. And so I was the buzzkill. See, I what you should have done was you should have countered with another uh-huh. one. You said, if you're going to get me some threes, you should get these. Get something that's lesser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you could have countered. But, uh, yeah, man, happy birthday to you. You I know what I'm it. saying? And, and it's fantastic. Celebrating another year is always cause for celebration. I'm the happy type of gift birthday getter to wear. To <laughs> yeah. I'm the type of gift getter that likes to uh, let somebody know and then kind of tease them. But I don't give any. Hints. Yeah, like yeah. I'll say, yeah, um, yeah, I got you something. And then it'll be like, what is it? And <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I don't know. You, you just got to find out. So I'm not surprised at all. That's what I said. I said, lo- you got to find out. You would love to play the mind game. I do. You, you want to make sure you could just not tell them, <laughs> yeah. but you want to tell them. Yeah. And then you don't give any hints. It's almost, I'm not going to say it's worse because I'm one that wants to be surprised. Me I too. Was, I was never the kid that was looking for the Christmas present hiding spot. One, my mom put a stop to it real quick, said, yeah. it's real simple. If you find them, you don't get them. Yeah. Go ahead. And look. I was yeah, like, Mama, you know what? That works. Yeah, Mama Walker was no joke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she, she was not. And Nada texting me, wait, you talked yourself out of Jay's for your birthday? I did. I don't I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this the right way. Yeah, man, I um I'm I'm definitely like that. Like I said, I, I like to be able to let the person bug me to death and still do it. But mm-hmm. it's because I love surprises that my mom started me with that when I was little because when she would get me stuff, she would always start with I got you a surprise mm-hmm. and I would get so excited. Because she never missed with the gifts. So I was like, that just built it even worse. Because, like I said, she never missed when she would tell me I got you a surprise. It was always something that I loved. Well, I would I would love a surprise from the Panthers this weekend. And I would love for Bryce Young to come That would be a huge out. surprise. It would be a monster surprise. <laughs> Honestly, it was a surprise from Vegas only having the Panthers as a 10-point dog. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to throw all this shade. It means, can you think of a worse matchup? For that offense, going against a defensive line like that, that has been leaky all year long, and the defensive line having, by the way, the highest pass rush win rate duo in all of the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, Mm. with Micah Parsons on one side and Demarcus Lawrence on the other. We'll see what the Panthers can do, and yet, Wes, we also have to maybe possibly open up the show once more, talking about the QB in Houston, and I don't want to, Mm -hmm. but when I walk into the room into the living room after recording the Hornets podcast. Mm -hmm. I turn on first take, and the first segment is C.J. Stroud is in the MVP conversation, not Rookie of the Year conversation. i got to talk about the Texans QB again. Let's do it. Go ahead and pull up to the scene, (laughs) open up the doors, Fiddy, and help us get off of the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say.
I really want to be one of those guys that doesn't continue the narrative, that doesn't continue to exacerbate problems with having C.J. Stroud a part of the conversation so much because it doesn't help Bryce. It doesn't help the Carolina Panthers. He's in Houston. The Panthers didn't take him. And this is the situation at hand in Carolina. I don't think C.J. Stroud would be as good as he is right now in the same system, even if he would play maybe a little better than Bryce, maybe a decent amount better than Bryce. He would not be a part of first takes a block after a game-winning drive against the Cincinnati Bengals. That would not happen here, given the system that's in place. But we are having that conversation here, Wes. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because the news that came out this weekend was Frank Reich, David Tepper, according to Diana Rossini of The Athletic, David Tepper, the pressure is up on the head coach. He's putting the pressure up on the head coach and his job security. He's not happy about the offensive stagnation that's taken place over the last few weeks, really the last two, with the offense stalling out completely against Indianapolis and Chicago. And those same two weeks just happened to coincide with the QB you passed up on having tremendous performances and game-winning drives in each of those performances. What do you make of this situation as we're in this comparison society? <sighs> well, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm watching the games just like you are and I'm seeing what he's doing. And you're talking about a young man. I mean, just think about this. And you talk about supporting cast in town. And I tell a lot of people, there's no way you could have thought that CJ was going to do what he's doing. There's no way you could have thought that these receivers were going to turn in the type of seasons that they're turning in. Noah Brown, who's been a NFL player who's been nondescript, not much noteworthy in his career. And you're talking about a guy that hasn't had more than 555 yards in his career. The last two weeks alone, he's had 325 receiving yards. And he is one of those quarterbacks that I call a lemonade quarterback. He's going to make the best of what you give him, and not only is he doing that, he's dominating uh, the game with the guys that he's given. And you look at... Um, the receivers that they have and all these guys were third rounders and and below so there's not like there was marquee talent there where you like yeah just like we were told by the Panthers just drop them in and you're going to have yourself a playoff contender no this team is a complete surprise and the thing about CJ Stroud that impresses me the most man is that what a great kid he is I remember hearing him on the pivot and he was talking about how religious he is and I was blown away by that because I didn't take him to be that type not that I thought he was a heathen but he's such a great kid and when he talked about yesterday how he doesn't get caught up in precious situations because he was just talking about God not giving him what he can handle and all that stuff. I said, man, this is a really impressive kid, but he's just a different breed, and I feel like he's the type of player that definitely could bring change as far as the testing processes and teams putting so much stock into that. Uh, he's really debunked all of that, but the one thing that did get me thinking, because I'm still a believer in Bryce, Queen City, don't, don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't fret. I'm still a believer in Bryce Young, and I think that he can get to those levels. It's just going to take him a little a bit more time. Some people start the race, some people get out to an early lead, and some people chill. So that's how I feel about that. But as far as CJ Stroud, the only thing that had me thinking for a second was I wonder what was the deciding process between Stroud and Young to where the Panthers pulled the trigger on Young. Because you did have people like a Lewis Riddick or some of the experts that thought that CJ Stroud should have been the number one overall pick. And so in my mind, I just it just made me wonder with what we're seeing from him now. The only thing I said to myself was, I wonder what was the deciding factor to where they said, this is our guy, not him. Yeah, Bryce Young, all of the production in college, I think that's something that you could point to. You have to point to the testing. And not even just, look, 
The thing about the S2 testing and now it's, wait, should we put so much more stock into it? I would have known that Bryce Young was a smart QB if I never got those test results. Yeah, I exactly. mean, yes, it confirms what you know. But, man, everybody was discussing Bryce Young as a processor before we even heard what S2 was. I didn't even know about it. And I could tell you that guy is elite at the line of scrimmage, dictating what coverage is coming at you, sliding protection, and then finding the open man downfield. Now, another thing that Bryce Young was very good at was playing out of the system. And C.J. Stroud, when pressure got to him, that's when his numbers started to decline. And I think that's a big issue. When you are so productive from a clean pocket – It's always a little hairy to try to copy and paste that to the NFL game because you don't have a lot of clean pockets. Yes. And if you do, you're talking about, what, two and a half seconds? And if you have any kind of pressure after that, and then you start to turn the ball over a little more, you start to be off the mark, that's an issue. But that's not really happening with C.J. Stroud. The offensive line, it's a surprise with Houston. We know that Larry Mutunzel is one of the best left tackles in all of football. But the fact that they've had to go through some injuries and the offensive line, no matter if it's a starter or a backup, they've been better than expected. And that's the situation at hand, no matter what we thought coming into the season. The situation is that they have a better offensive line. They have a smart offensive coordinator. C.J. Stroud is capitalizing on every single bit of it. And even if you see Mina Kimes tweeting out the risk-reward factor, when to take those risks, it's sensational to see from CJ. This is the time we need to throw downfield. Nah, it's not going to work. This is the time I'm going to take this check down. And continuing to make the right decision every time, maybe you could debunk the S2 testing results as far as it deterring you from selecting a QB. But even so, even if he tests Anthony Richardson, Richardson tested well. Yeah. It's just Bryce Young was, oh, yeah, 99, exactly what we saw on film. And that's exactly why we loved him. You and I were all aboard the Bryce train coming out of college. Last thing I'll say on this, even if C.J. Stroud goes on to (laughs) contend for MVP this year, which he's in that conversation now, everybody's making sure of it, even if he wins an MVP down the line, maybe if you compare these two QBs, maybe you missed out on them. Maybe that's true. But it doesn't mean that you can't have a really good QB in your own right who makes pro bowlers and maybe even contends for an MVP conversation down the line himself. Clearly not going to come this year, but there are ways for both teams to win, and that's what you got to hold hope for, and that's the way we find peace if you're a Panther fan. Yeah, uh, real quick, a quick aside. Just got to say to the haters out there, they hit me on the text line. I love you guys. We have a great time. How about them Niners? Brock Purdy was out there wheeling and dealing last night, okay? Just wanted to get that in real quick. Uh, But anyway, uh, when you talk about Bryce Young, the one thing I will say that's going to be interesting in his favor is that when we see that report by Diana Rossini that we're going to get into, and they talk about how people around the league and they think the offense is boring and lifeless and they want to see more of what he did at Alabama and that's what ownership, that's what they're saying ownership wants. That's going to be the rub there that's going to really tell the difference to me because once you get some personnel changes in offensively and then you put Bryce back in an offense that he is used to running, then I think we can really start to see what he can do and then I think that's what a comparison will be apropos when you put Bryce in a comfortable environment what he's used to because right now from everything we've seen, it doesn't look yeah. comfortable. It doesn't look like what he's used to, and that's why we don't see the Bryce that we saw at Alabama. Well, th- this is the problem, too, though, as we move on. The system, I think Frank Reich and this and this coaching staff are trying to find a marriage of the personnel that they have from last year and the system that they're trying to 
put forth so Bryce Young can succeed and the personnel just doesn't match. And Kirk Herbstreit talked about that after he called the game on Thursday mm -hmm. and then discussed it on the Pat McAfee show, I believe it was on Friday, saying, hey, this is an offensive line that was downhill run blocking. Now they're trying to make sure they spread everything out. Bryce Young is in the gun. And so they're trying to do some of the similar stuff that Bryce Young did in college. They just don't have the offensive line for it. Yeah. And now it can't look like that, though. It can't look like that out there every single day where you're getting destroyed by Chicago. That defense is killing you, and Indianapolis's defense is killing you. Hopefully they can find some way to improve. We'll discuss more about the Carolina Panthers, the Charlotte Hornets. We have plenty of guests joining us throughout the day. We are at the Spectrum Center for the Hornets Cornucopia event. We'll bring you all uh, of the updates taking place with this team and the Carolina Panthers. Stay tuned. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are live at the Spectrum Center for the 13th annual Cornucopia event. Food Lion Feeds is donating all the ingredients for a warm Thanksgiving meal with, of course, the help of the Charlotte Hornets here at Spectrum Center. Turkey, cornbread stuffing, mashed potatoes, cut yams. Mm, making sweet me hungry, cheese. man. I'm not even done. Whole kernel <laughs> corn, macaroni and cheese. Cranberry sauce, too, if that's how you roll. Yeah, Colin giving us a whoop-whoop in the background. <laughs> uh, uh, do you, uh, Fitty, you like the cranberry, too? Is it the can? This is the question. Old radio fodder. Canned or homemade cranberry sauce? It's got to be canned. I prefer the Ocean Spray uh, brand, if you will. Yeah, I think that's how most people... How many things are actually liked more out of the can than home cooking? Because cranberry sauce, I would put up there as most people prefer ocean spray rather than mama's recipe. Wow. I just feel like that's how I normally hear it. Green bean casserole could be. Some people just want the good old Campbell's soup version. They don't want all the, the fresh green beans. They don't want anything. No, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Follow the recipe that Campbell's has been giving us for 100 years and don't stray from something that works. Yeah, I think it's because a lot of people, when they come up, I mean, obviously the food education back in the day wasn't what it is now, and so most of our parents and grandparents cooked with those things, and so I think the nostalgia plays into it, and also, it was good. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's no good, good because I'm definitely a guy that strayed away from the canned veggies because all the sodium and stuff. So I like the fresh stuff. I was about stuff. to say, it's salty and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what everybody's parents or grandparents cooked with back in the day. And so they love it and still do to this day. Yeah, when, when mom during the holidays got the cream of mushroom, I know it was about to go down. Oh, yeah. 
I was ready for it. So shouts to mom, shouts to Campbell's, and shouts to the Hornets for the Cornucopia event. Also, Dr. Pepper, too, by the way. Hornets partner Coca-Cola is providing a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper or diet Dr. Pepper for every meal. Each meal contains enough food to feed a family of four, resulting in approximately 4,000 people being served, a lot of people being helped by this event. So always very fun to be a part of this Cornucopia event. Once again, the 13th year consecutively that the Hornets are taking part in helping out the community. Let's go to a couple of text messages on the text line, 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. I have AC writing in about the Charlotte game, the football game, that is. That was a heartbreaker. I thought we had it, Wes. I, I really did. After not believing at all in the 49ers to beat Tulsa, they did. I found myself believing in the football team, and they dropped it against a fantastic Memphis football team that went 7-2, and two, now increasing their record after that 49er win. But that wasn't the case with the soccer team. Yeah, man. How about a conference title, Wes? I know you wanted to give them a shout. Hey, man, listen, you're just 49er alum right mm -hmm. there. I saw that, and I said, man, I said, Walker's got to be happy about that. I mean, I know anytime my school wins at anything, I'm excited about it. I mean, the Deeks, our, our Lady Golf team won the national championship. So, uh, you know, anytime, I don't know what Fitty's back there laughing at back there because Lord knows this football team hadn't been to the doggone uh, <laughs> ACC championship since I was wearing diapers and drinking milk out of a bottle. They were so, just there, um, Wes? Uh, they haven't won it. I guess they did go last year. They did go last right. Year. They, they haven't they won one. They haven't won The Deeks have, though, but they, not them. That's right. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> back to what I was saying is that, uh, you know, Shouts to them. And when I saw it, I said, Walker needs a soccer jersey in his life. I love the green and white stripes. Uh, that was pretty lit. Oh, yeah. So we had some some cool stuff happening around here. And then NC State's women with a huge upset yesterday, beating UConn for the first time since the 1998 Elite Eight. So this was a huge win for them. Sanaya Rivers, she came to ACC tip-off, dropped 33 on the Huskies. I just knew that Paige Becker's in the crew. She went for 27, so she definitely showed. Up, but I just knew they were going to come in there and run roughshod over the Wolfpack. But it was not to be, man. Huge, huge win for them. Two upsets early in the season in women's college basketball with LSU going down against Colorado and now watching UConn go down the way they I, did to NC State. I think we're starting to see the portal and some of those things bring some parity to women's college basketball, too, because you used to didn't see a lot of uh, unranked teams beating highly rated teams. It would normally be 40, 50 point blowouts, man. I think the tide is a turning in women's college basketball. And by the way, just one more uh, one more uh, mention about the Charlotte soccer team scoring the first goal in the 22nd minute and then upsetting SMU, number two ranked SMU in soccer to win the conference title over the weekend. How about uh, that soccer team being the first time I ever pulled against North Carolina in anything? <laughs> my, 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 my freshman year, uh -huh. Charlotte gets to the national championship against North Carolina. And so the campus, we're ready to go. My, it's it's when you're a freshman on campus, you do like college thing, all the events that they're uh, that that they're putting on. We went to the movie theater to watch it, and that was the only time in that environment that I, I pulled against North Carolina and something. And I was pulling against them too. And the Tar Heels would win that national championship, but I wanted the 49ers to win the national. You got to man, nothing more that that burns my blood than a person that's an <laughs> alumni of a school and cheers for a totally different school, especially if you're like an FBS school where you have a you know team that's in a major conference. I can't stand that when team when guys you know uh, Aaron Curry that I played with at Wake Forest. Oh, he no. cheered for Carolina basketball.
basketball. I was like, are you that serious? Happens that happens a lot. Yeah, I was like, are you serious, man? Get out of here. Uh huh. That happens a lot. I think a lot of people would uh, would would pull for a different basketball team, even if they did play yeah. for that football team. So it's not the first time I've heard of that. Let's steer the conversation back to the <laughs> Carolina Panthers real quickly. I mentioned it briefly in the first topic, but. Diana Rossini, now of The Athletic, which, by the way, I didn't even realize she left right. ESPN. But now Diana, uh, Diana Rossini of The Athletic reported over the weekend that David Tepper is maybe not considering moving on from Frank Reich, but we know the pressure is turned up on Frank Reich. And so Rossini says this, quote, I'm told Panthers owner David Tepper is frustrated by this offense and its lack of improvement. Some in the building believe the roster hasn't been built correctly, while others criticize the offense overall. This is an offense some league sources have described as boring, predictable, even lifeless. Head coach Frank Reich was hired by Scott Fitterer based on his offensive success with the Super Bowl winning Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. Reich is also the first offensive-minded head coach hire in Carolina history. This is what we saw. We also saw a couple of other coaches skipped over for Frank Reich. Whether you're in the house like Steve Wilkes, defensive-minded, whether you're a different offensive mind like Thomas Brown, who would eventually be on staff as the offensive coordinator, but not as the head coach, what do you make of that report from Diana Rossini? How do you interpret that? Man, it is a report that definitely took me off guard. But to me, it also interpreted in my book, I think that Frank Reich's days are numbered. That's what I took from that report. I feel like if this team doesn't show any types of signs of life down the stretch, that he will not be the coach next year. Because I think that with what we've seen with teams that they've gone against, whether it be the Texans and some of the things that they did that were interesting from a uh, schematic standpoint and uh some of the other teams that we see around the league, I think Tepper wants that. And I think that when he wasn't able to get the guy that he wanted, as far as one of those younger coaches like a Ben Johnson or something like that, then I think he went the Frank Reich path because he felt like that his knowledge and uh, experience was going to be something that was going to bode well for the Panthers. But I think the personnel, I'm not going to completely dump on Frank Reich uh, 100%. I think if he had better personnel, maybe we would see some different looking things out there. But at the same time, um, from what we were promised, it has been nothing close to that. When you tell us that, hey, we're keeping this thing vanilla, just wait till you see what we got coming in store for you in the regular season, and then it comes, and it's a dud. And we don't see anything from a schematic standpoint that makes us go, wow. And you don't see those, as I've been saying, those four or five plays a game where you're like, man, that's something nobody else is doing. Then I think that that's going to uh, really hurt him in the process. And I think Reich is tired of seeing what's going on uh, out here in the league with some of these teams and what they're doing and the way they scheme and the way that they use deception and motion and all of this stuff and then he turns on his team and he's very bored and so I think that that's hurting Frank Reich a whole lot and then not to mention when you see uh, Bobby Slowick and what he's doing with CJ Stroud and the way that they look and the way that they're attacking and their aggression he doesn't like it you mentioned a head coach you mentioned an offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans organization I think if you look at this coaching staff, that might be the thing that frustrates David Tepper the most. Because one of the things that separated Reich from other candidates, it was the staff that he would assemble here in Charlotte. And you look at what Frank Reich assembled with David Tepper, by the way, they have the largest staff in the NFL. 
you have a whole bunch of different coaches, whether you be a young mind that came from Sean McVay with Thomas Brown. You have a Jero Avero, who is younger, also in the McVay system just on defense, and did a great job calling plays defensively for Denver last year, and I think doing a remarkable job here, too, in Carolina, considering all of the injuries. So Thomas Brown, a Jero Avero, but then you go after some coaches that have been in the NFL forever. Jim mm -hmm. Caldwell, forever. Head coach with the Colts. Lions, different success levels, but success nonetheless. Dom Capers, you even bring somebody back that was with this team forever ago. Mm -hmm. You have so many different coaches on the staff. And I think the idea of assembling so many different minds, it was that we wouldn't have a weakness. Is that okay? Even if the personnel doesn't match what we want it to be right now, this is the coaching staff that can get the most out of that personnel because what do you want? I mean, you want a smart defensive guy. Okay, we got Capers. We got Averro. You want somebody smart offensively. We got Frank Reich, a good dude, respected by the players. Thomas Brown, young, innovative. Jim Caldwell had success with the Lions and the Colts. <laughs> Wherever you want it, we got the channel to go get it from. And yet here you are with one victory on the season. David Tepper found a way to help this team the best way he thought he could by throwing a bunch of money at the coaches because there's no salary cap in the coach game. So what happens is you throw all that money to get Avero away from going to Minnesota and being there, D.C. You make sure that even if Thomas Brown is working with Sean McVay, not too many people would want to leave him unless you're getting a head coaching job. We can throw money at him, too. It don't matter. I'm David Tepper. <laughs> The only person who got more money than me is the owner of the Broncos in Denver. So this is the way to game the system, in my opinion. Oh, wait. Despite me throwing all this money at different coaches, we only have one victory. We also had the number one overall pick. We have Bryce Young, who was also the smartest QB that we have seen, whether it be testing or just watching the film. Just what NFL draft pundits were saying, which it shouldn't be taken as gospel, but come on, man. We all know that Bryce Young was a really smart college QB. And we still only have one victory. We also have James Campen, one of the best offensive line coaches we saw on full display last year with a different coaching staff. So we thought we took the good things that happened last year and brought them back with Chris Tabor. So David Tepper thinking he could help with the coaching staff and throwing all that money and that not working at least in year one, that's got to grind his gears too. Yeah, and so also, you know, going back, to the Stroud situation and you talk about their OC well he's coming off that Shanahan coaching tree and we know that that's starting to heat up and a lot of people are wanting that and they're seeing that and the thing is with Frank Reich with what he wants to do you need a very strong offensive line you always need a strong offensive line but when you've got a guy that can scheme over some of those deficiencies that you have it helps a lot and I think with Frank Reich with kind of the old school kind of football ways about him, it works when your offensive line can dominate. And that hasn't been the case. Yeah. And that's why we've seen what we've seen, not to mention there's not a number one receiver out there that can win with consistency, even though Adam Thielen has been a very, very good player for them this year. But he doesn't have a running mate out there that can also help by winning his matchups over and over again. And so when we talk about how the teams are built, that's the thing. We talked about the Texans and how their receivers, uh, Nico Collins and Noah Brown and all these 
these guys, they can really run, but they can play too. But that's the thing. They're built for speed. That's why you see them top two, three team in the league when you're talking about yards per attempt. When you see them having the most completions of over 20-plus yards, their receiving core is built for that. And so the Panthers are going to have to really go back, figure out what they want their identity to be. If it's, you want an offense similar to what Bryce ran at Alabama, okay, then you got to go out there and get the requisite personnel to match with that starting with rebuilding this receiving core not saying you missed on Mingo just yet but he's struggling but we know receivers can take leaps as their career goes on so we'll see what he's able to do but the Panthers are just like I said if that's the identity they want to go on they're going to have to pinpoint the coach that's going to do exactly that and then be able to let Bryce flourish doing what he's been known for his entire career well and frank right part of the selling point for him too it wasn't just the success that he had in philadelphia but it was his ability to adapt to whatever quarterback you throw his way and get the best out of them all of them were big the the, the problem is when we try to point to the qbs that were six three or above that kind of just comes with the position more often than not right i mean you see guy it's not crazy the the smaller qb is what like six one it's because there's not a ton of them maybe there are more entering the league now because the college game getting spread out and you just are starting to get rid of the old school way of thinking that a smaller qb can't play it's why we've seen smaller qbs have so much success in college baker mayfield kyler murray bryce young regardless of their skill set and then be drafted number one overall so you're starting to get rid of that thinking but but remember some of these other QBs that were drafted, they just so happen to be tall, and Frank Reich is going to pick from the majority. So I don't know how much stock I ever really put into, oh, he likes the big QB. Mm-hmm. I think they just so happened to be taller. But now, of course, when you see C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, when he played, he was performing well. Will Levis, those are the prototypical bodies that you want back there. They're performing well. And now it's like, okay, well, Frank Reich wanted somebody bigger, even if we don't know that's 100% true. And those bigger bodies are performing well. Now it's Bryce Young is too small and can't play. And even the coaching staff that David Tepper assembled can't fix it. So coaching staff or Bryce Young – That's a tough question for a lot of people. I think it's coaching staff. I think Bryce Young is a good QB and will be productive in the long term. But a lot of people are asking that question. That's not a good spot to be in if you're David Tepper in this Panthers organization. Well, Spence is on the text line, and he wants his flowers. But he brings some compelling thoughts to the game when he talks about how Andy Dalton played against Seattle. And he's saying that's how C.J. Stroud would have been playing every single week. does make you wonder if you stick C.J. Stroud in and he's playing with a little bit more aggression and he's really out there just really processing and seeing things the way he's seeing them in Houston. And then he also talks about how uh, watch this offense, and he was saying it shouldn't look like what it looked like. And no matter what, we knew better. And then he said that when he said that, and talking about Coach Wright, saying he wasn't trying to put the players in the best position to succeed in the preseason, but then when you get to the regular season, the offense looks just like it looked in the preseason. Definitely a head-scratcher there. All right, so let's move on. We'll talk a little bit more about the Panthers as we go on. But coming up next, Betsy Mack, Vice President of CSR and Exec Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, joins us to talk more about the Cornucopia event, the 13th consecutive Cornucopia event taking place at the Spectrum Center. Still more to come on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We are live from the Spectrum Center for the 13th annual Cornucopia event, of course, put on by the Charlotte Hornets. And every November, the Charlotte Hornets and Food Lion Feeds provide Thanksgiving meals to a 1,000 families in need at this annual event in the Cornucopia event. Today, the 13th, the iteration, again, not only is it November 13th, it's also the 13th iteration of the event. The Hornets team and head coach Steve Clifford will be joined by Hornets executives and ambassadors. Food Lion executives and associates, Coca-Cola Consolidated executives and staff, and plenty more, Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina volunteers to distribute food to families who have a voucher for the meal. And to talk more about it, we welcome Betsy Mack, Vice President of CSR, now on what we'll still call the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Betsy, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We always love coming out here for the Cornucopia event. Got to do it last year, so excited to be a part of it once again. Can you tell me more about Cornucopia? Cornucopia, including how it came about and how many families you guys will be helping out this holiday season. Yeah, so you gave a really great overview of the event. We really appreciate that. It is our 13th annual Cornucopia, which we're super excited about. So 13 years ago, put this event together for Thanksgiving, really looking to combat hunger in our area. And as we've continued to see that grow, unfortunately, the event's only grown larger and has gained more excitement as well. So today we're here. We're going to be feeding 1,000 families. Um, and with those 1,000 families, they actually feed 4,000 individuals because it's going to be um, four individuals served for each individual that comes. Well, and what's also so fun to see, and, and we're going to be right next to the action here, the players always have smiles on their faces. They do. The coach does. It seems like everybody's so happy. Yep. Why is this annual initiative so important to not only you guys, but the players and the Hornets organization as a whole? Yeah, so we say our whole mission of our CSR department is to swarm to serve, to really give back and show up for our community where they need us most. And so, as you said, the players love being here. It's one of the most fun events that they're involved with. They get to interact with the community. And you'll see a lot of selfies, a lot of jokes, a lot of laughter, and just really participating to give back to those in need and bring a smile to their face to really start the holiday season. Well, Betsy, we gave them a little bit of insight as to what is coming into these meals. But tell us a bit more uh, about these meals and what each family will be receiving. Yeah, so everyone will first off receive a turkey, which is obviously the most important part of some Thanksgiving meals. So we like to honor that. And then all the other side orders as 
as well. So we have the cornbread, the stuffing, mashed potatoes, yams, peas, uh, macaroni and cheese, cranberry sauce. And then, of course, with our Coca-Cola Consolidated Partnership, they provide a liter of the two liter of Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Pepper, which is great as well. And then all of these meals are able to take home to their family and prepare for their own Thanksgiving meals at home. Now, one quick sidebar off of that question. How do you guys choose which items specifically? Do you do they put up like a list that you guys are going through and like, oh, yeah, 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 we should put that one in there. That yeah, seems so like a fun job, too. I was going to yeah. say, I want, I want that <laughs> job. Yeah, to be able to, to, to pick a meal like yeah. that. Yeah, we work really closely with our great partners, Food Lion. So Food Lion Feeds really puts together that overall menu. Obviously, they know from their stores what the main items are that families usually shop for when they're building their Thanksgiving meal plan. So we work closely with them. Um, they provide all the food, which is great. And then we work with Second Harvest Food Bank of Metro Lina, who also really helps to identify the families and those in need. All right. So you guys are doing this event today, and it's great. And you guys do stuff all year round. Why is that so important for this organization to give back to the community? Yeah. So as I said, really looking at our organization, the philanthropic efforts that we have, we really put at the forefront. So with our new chairman, new ownership group, from all of our leadership that's consistently been here as well, that's something that we've always put at the forefront and is such a high priority for our organization to obviously give back and serve the community that you know comes out and shows up for us at the games. And so really making sure that we show up where individuals need us in the best way that we can is very important and very high priority. Um, and it's not just today, as you said. So we work with a lot of our other partners as well throughout the year, but looking at Food Lion, we'll be here today. We have hundreds of volunteers that are here all day, and then we have a couple other events with Food Lion Feeds throughout the year. So we also uh, do a big event with them, Backpacks for Hunger, over spring break, where you know students who come to school every day, that's where they get their food. So during spring break, we provide backpacks where they can actually go home and they have food throughout throughout that spring break time as well. Well, so. a couple more. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt. Just a couple more things before we get you out of here. You just talk about some of the other events that are all year long, yeah. plenty of them. That's what I felt Michael Jordan's legacy was here with Charlotte. I think when Michael Jordan took over and then you're talking about him opening so many Novant Health Clinics, crying yeah. at the ribbon ceremony, opening some of these up, and so much of the philanthropic events that you put on have been plentiful over the last, what, I mean, even, I would say, decade at this mm -hmm. point when you really saw a surge. How rewarding has that been to be a part of? Because I have to imagine it's pretty high. Oh, I absolutely love my job. I feel so lucky and fortunate to be able to go out into the community and, and be a part of these events. And, and, you know, we have such a strong team and leadership and, you know, everyone in between that really enjoys and really feels that sense of um, responsibility when we're out in the community, which is incredible. And so, you know, that legacy that, like you said, Michael set and really built the foundation for us, we're continuing that as well with these new chairmen and the new ownership group, which we're really excited to continue moving that needle forward and showing up in all the all the best ways that we can. Betsy, anything else you'd like to uh, address or share as we end here? No, we just appreciate you coming out and highlighting this really important event. We have a great partnership with Food Lion Feeds and Second Harvest Food Bank of Metro Lina. We really appreciate all of the great support, and uh, thanks for sharing for the Hornets. No doubt about Betsy it. Betsy Mack, Vice President of CSR, joining us to talk a little more about the third 13th annual Cornucopia event here at the Spectrum Center. Thanks so much, Betsy. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you. Always a fun right. event to be taking part of here with the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll talk plenty more about them. I also have some Encore product to discuss with Steve Clifford joining us a little bit later on in the show. Mark Williams scheduled to join us. Sam Farber, the voice of the Charlotte Hornets as well. So lots more to get to with them splitting the weekend. At least they got the win against Washington <laughs> on Friday. Thank goodness. Not so much against the Knicks, but 
But Terry Rozier out, Brandon Miller banged up after what looked like it was going to be a fantastic MSG debut. Just not enough depth going to Leaky Black in the first half. His first meaningful debut after getting garbage time minutes against Washington on Wednesday. Just don't have a lot of depth, but Miles Bridges could be coming back. We actually have an update to share with you on the other side of the break. Plenty more to get here with you on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.